You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadim Bible Reading Plan in Charles River Church. For more information on Limadim, visit lmd.church. Or for more information on Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Welcome to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes it was designed to be read in, so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name is Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading 1 Samuel 4.1 through 8.22. 94 verses today. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. They encamped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. The Philistines drew up a line against Israel, and when the battle spread, Israel was defeated before the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men on the field of battle. And when the people came to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh that it may come up among us and save us from the power of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout, so the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. For they said, A God has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage, and be men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves to the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. And they fled, every man to his home. And there was a great slaughter, for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell. And the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. A man of Benjamin ran from the battle line and came to Shiloh the same day, with his clothes torn and with dirt on his head. When he arrived... Eli was sitting on his seat by the road, watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the men came into the city and told the news, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the sound of the outcry, he said, What is this uproar? Then the man hurried and came and told Eli. Now Eli was ninety-eight years old, and his eyes were set so that he could not see. And the man said to Eli, I am he who has come from the battle. I fled from the battle today. And he said, How did it go, my son? He who brought the news answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines. And there has also been a great defeat among the people. Your two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God has been captured. As soon as he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell over backwards from his seat by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy. He had judged Israel. Forty years. 
Now his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, was pregnant, about to give birth. And when she heard the news that the Ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed and gave birth, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman attending her said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer or pay attention, and she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God has been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. When the Philistines captured the ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it up beside Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him back to his place. But when they rose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord, and the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. That is why the priests of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod to this day. The hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod, and he terrified and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and his territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how things were, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is hard against us and against Dagon our God. So they set and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be brought around to Gath. So they brought the ark of God of Israel there. But after they had brought it around, the hand of the Lord was against the city, causing very great panic. And he afflicted the men of the city, both young and old, so the tumors broke out on them. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. But as soon as the ark of God came to Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They brought around to us the ark of the God of Israel to kill us for our people. They sent therefore and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it return to its own place that it may not kill us and our people. For there was a deathly panic throughout the whole city. The hand of God was very heavy there. The men who did not die were struck with tumors, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. The ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners and said, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us, with what shall we send it to its place? They said, If you send away the ark of God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means return him a guilt offering. Then you'll be healed, and it'll be known to you why his hand does not turn away from you. And they said, What is the guilt offering that we shall return to him? They answered, Five golden tumors and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. So you must make images of your tumors and images of your mice that ravaged the land and give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from off you and your gods and your land. Why should your heart why should you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts after he had dealt severely with them? Did they not send the people away and they departed? Now then, take and prepare a new cart and two milk cows on which there has never come a yoke and yoke the cows to the cart. But take their calves home, away from them, and take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart and put a box at its side 
the figures of gold which you are returning to him as a guilt offering. Then send it off and let it go its way and watch. If it goes up on the way to its own land, to Beth Shemesh, then it is he who has done us this great harm. But if not, then we shall know that this is not the hand that struck us. It happened to us by coincidence. The men did so and took two milk cows and yoked them to the cart and shut their calves at home. And they put the ark of the Lord on the cart in the box with the golden mice and images of the tumors. And the cows went straight in the direction of Beth Shemesh along one highway, lowing as they went. And they turned neither to the right nor to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. And when they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, they rejoiced to see it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stopped there. A great stone was there, and they split up the wood of the cart and offered the cows as burnt offerings to the Lord. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the box that was beside it, in which was the golden figures, and set them up on the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifices on that day to the Lord. And when the five lords of the Philistines saw it, they returned that day to Ekron. These are the golden tumors that the Philistines returned as a guilt offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, one for Ekron. And the golden mice according to the number of the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities and unwalled villages. The great stone beside which they set down the ark of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. And he struck some of the men of Beth Shemesh because they looked upon the ark of the Lord. He struck seventy men of them, and the people mourned because the Lord had struck the people with a great blow. Then the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? And to whom shall he go up away from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to you. And the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the ark of the Lord and brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill. And when they consecrated his son Eleazar to have charge of the ark of the Lord. From that day, the, that, the ark was lodged in Kiriath-Jerim a long time past, some twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel said to all the house of the Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you, and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We've sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah. Now when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel, and the people of Israel heard of it. They were afraid of the Philistines. And the people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel. But the Lord thundered with a mighty sound that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion. And they were defeated before Israel. 
And the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them as far below as beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Ekron to Gath. And Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life, and he went on a circuit year by year to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. And he judged Israel in all these places. Then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there. And there he also judged Israel. And he built an altar, and he built there an altar to the Lord. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. And they were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, and said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like the other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. And he said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them to chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he'll appoint for himself commanders of thousands, commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and the equipment for his chariots. He'll take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He'll take the best of your field and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He'll take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyard and give it to his officers and to his servants. He'll take your male servants and your female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you'll cry out because of your king, whom you've chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, that we may also be like all the nations, that our, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, Go, every man to his city. of what was going on in Israel when Eli was the priest, that his sons became corrupted and uh, made a mockery of the priesthood. And uh, we see now that Samuel is the one who is uh, taking over judgment in Israel. Now, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord 
as uh, we see the end of Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Uh, but the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is something, it's that box that God had commanded Moses and the Israelites to make in the wilderness of acacia wood that was overlaid with gold, that had the, the long poles that went through the hooks in it, that had the two cherubim on the cover of it, representing the presence of the Lord. And as we can see in this story, it not only represented the presence of the Lord, it, it was really... Uh, the the Philistines believed that as they brought the, the the Israelites brought the Ark of the the Covenant into their camp, they thought that they were utilizing God in order to gain a victory. And you can see it's it's a tricky recipe right there because they they want God on their side, but they're not consulting with Him and, and doing it on His terms. And so they think if we just bring this Ark into our camp then God will fight for us and we'll have, we'll have control over the Israelites. This is the story of uh, the, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. The Nazis were trying to get the Ark of the Covenant so that they could win. You know, it's the same kind of, you know, that's where the story uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark came from. It's the, the idea that if you can have God fight for you, then who can stand against you? And so Israel's trying to manipulate the Lord, they bring the Ark of the Covenant into the camp, and they lose anyway. And not only do they lose, but the Philistines capture the Ark of the Covenant. This is, there is nothing that we can get our minds around that that encapsulates the devastation of what this would have been, to the point that when Eli found out the news, he finds out first that his sons died, and then he finds out that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was captured, and that's the thing that kills him. He grieves more over the fact that the ark was captured than his own children died. and But the ark is brought into the land of the Philistines and they put it right next to the, the, the idol of Dagon, their, their fish god, uh, in, in his temple. And they come back the next day and Dagon is bowing before Yahweh. Dagon is bowing before the, the ark of the Lord. And they, put him, they pick him back up, which is funny. It's supposed to be funny. Oh, thanks for helping out your God. You, you picked him back up. And then the next day they come back and he's fallen down again, but his head and his hands have fallen off, have been been removed. And so the Philistines are getting the picture that um, even though we were able to defeat the people of this God, this God, there's something different about him. And we don't like it. And so they're sending the Ark of the Covenant around to different parts of their country. And God continues to curse the people who are cursing Israel. And he's doing it kind of one-on-one -on -one at this point. And it's a, it's a, it's a Moses-less um, series of events that, that are similar to what, what God did to the Egyptians. Even though there's no Moses, there's no deliverer, there's no Exodus, uh, because it, but there is, um, there is judgment coming and plagues coming, and and so the Philistines are like, we got to get this out of here, and they call some priests and Levi, and they say, what do we do? And they send it back with golden images of the things that are afflicting them, tumors and mice, which is weird, we can say it, but apparently you make the image of the thing that's afflicting you. Which I can see a precedent in that in terms of Jesus becoming sin for us, taking on our sin. 
but you make the image of the thing that's afflicting you and you send it back as a guilt offering to the people and and we see that it was the Lord the whole time who was afflicting the Philistines and the Philistines pick up on that and the ark comes back into the in, into Israel the people celebrate and and then you have sort of a, a brief overview of what was going on as Samuel was judged he would make this route throughout all these various towns in Israel villages in Israel he would judge them in those various places and then he would come back home and as he gets old just like Eli even though Samuel is somebody who is commendable his sons are worthless just like um, Hophni and Phinehas were and uh, Samuel uh, is told we don't want your sons to judge us we want a king like all the other nations now if you remember back God has already warned Israel what's going to happen if they set up a king. The goal is that he would be their king, that they would submit their lives to him so that we don't need this king who is going to abuse power and oppress us. But Samuel prays to the Lord, and the Lord says, give him a king, but first warn him again. And so Samuel warns them straight up, like, this is not going to go good for you. He's going to Take your sons and your daughters as slaves. They're going to have to work his land. They're, he's going to send them off into war. He's going to take your cattle and your donkeys. He's going to do all of these things. He's going to take your vineyards. And 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 in that day, you're going to cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourself, and the Lord won't answer you. But they say, no, we want a king. And that's where we're going next. And so before we get there, uh, as we wrap up today, what does this section of scripture tell you about who God is? What does this section of scripture tell you about who you are? And what is it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up as we were reading it? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then, God bless.